Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation first. Raider Nation Radio uh, in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Sorry, got uh, tripped up uh, there a little bit. Uh, Thanks for giving me a break yesterday. Sorry about that. Uh, Full disclosure, I went and got my COVID-19 vaccine. Yes, uh, I can officially say, uh, you know what, uh, to COVID-19. Got the Johnson & Johnson uh, shot, uh, which is a one and done. Don't need to go back. Uh, thankfully, um, so uh, I urge everybody, uh, you know, if if you have the opportunity, when you get the opportunity to go ahead and take advantage of that. Uh, not a real big deal, a little bit tired yesterday. Um, uh, it kind of hit me uh, mid-afternoon or so. Um, that's why I took the day off, just to be on the, uh, on the safe side. So a little bit of a headache, a little bit of a fatigue. Um, got a good night's sleep last night, feeling much better uh, today. It's a little slight... Um, uh, temperature, but all of those things were to be expected. It's supposed to clear out uh, in a couple of days, uh, so that is why uh, I wasn't able to join you guys uh, yesterday. Uh, I feel really good uh, about things, um, you know, moving forward, and uh, hopefully everything starts getting back to normal. I want to see all you guys at games, whether it's at Allegiant Stadium uh, or uh, when we travel around the country, uh, wherever you guys might be, if you're taking a couple of road trips this year, if you happen to be in Cleveland or you happen to be uh, in Kansas City or wherever else, uh, you know, uh, we're headed to uh, this year, Indianapolis, um, you know, uh, hopefully we could all hook up uh, from time to time and uh, and really get back to normal because uh, I miss it. Uh, I tell people all the time last year, traveling last year was just um, – you know, uh, it just wasn't the same, you know, it wasn't the same driving up to these stadiums, uh, and not smelling, you know, the, the, uh, the, the tailgating and the, and the barbecue and the beer and the popcorn and the hot dogs and, you know, everything else, uh, the, just the aroma, the feel of the whole situation, the, the you know, the, the fans, the atmosphere, you know, you start to get to appreciate going to some of these places and, and being able to see big games at, you know, historic venues and, and, and great places and great atmospheres. And last year, it just was not uh, the same. And, uh, you know, and it, it got, it was a little bit sad. I'll be honest with you. You know, it was, it was a little bit sad. And hopefully, uh, you know, in these next few months, uh, the more handle that we get on COVID-19, the more vaccines get out there, uh, the more things are going to return back to normal and the more, uh, you know, um, uh, tailgate parties I might get invited to and swing by and just say, hey, uh, to Raider Nation, because uh, I'll tell you this, you know, just in the in the short time that I covered the Raiders in 2019, um, basically about a month uh, at the end of the season, you know, even going into rainy, cold New York on a what was, you know, not a meaningless game, but uh, it actually was a kind of important game. It was for the Raiders, obviously, but to see all the Raider fans there, even in Kansas City when we went to Kansas City. Uh, and everywhere else uh, that I that I traveled to uh, in the short term time in 2019 to see Raider Nation, um, you know, out and about and running deep and strong as you guys always do uh, was really cool, and I can't wait to get back to that. And so uh, hopefully uh, we're, we're we're all on our way. But enough about that. Uh, Want to get your calls um, when we get a chance or when you get a chance? 702-365-9200. Uh, lots to talk about. Um, you know, uh, the Raiders are bringing in another wide receiver, uh, as it turns out. Willie Sneed, the former Baltimore Ravens 
uh, stand out, will be uh, in town for a visit. I checked in uh, just a little while ago. Uh, he hasn't arrived uh, at the facility yet in Henderson, uh, but uh, you know we'll see uh, if anything comes of that. No guarantees, obviously. Uh, I know a lot of fans on Twitter are asking, why another wide receiver? Well, uh, you know, you look at that wide receiver group right now, and uh, it's 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 super cost effective. I, I was counting it up, and the entire wide receiver group population for the Raiders right now, of the guys that you assume are going to make the team, let's just say that, um, uh, cash payouts for those guys is less than what the Giants are paying uh, Kenny Galladay uh, this year. Nothing against Kenny Galladay. He's a heck of a player. But that just shows you uh, how cost-effective the Raiders are right now at wide receiver. So if you can add a player of Willie Sneed's caliber uh, to add to the competition and to you know strengthen uh, the the the, uh, the the group the wide receiver group from one to whatever um, you know you're you're in good shape you might as well do it you know and it's not gonna you know I know what about a free safety what about an uh, offensive tackle I totally understand and I get it but whatever might happen with Willie Sneed and it's still a big if at this point as I said on Twitter whatever does happen potentially is not gonna stop them from making a move at wide receiver or tackle if there's somebody out there that they are excited about. And, um, you know, and, and, and I'll also say this, uh, the time yesterday uh, that, uh, uh, you know, I probably should have been resting, um, a lot of it was also spent looking at, you know, uh, just some college tape uh, of, some, of some players. And, you know, you look at that tackle uh, group this year uh, in the draft, and it's, I mean, I'm just going to use the word spectacular. It really is. Uh, and I say spectacular because of the depth. Uh, there are guys... I counted about 11, 12, I think it was, um, that you can legitimately say have the ability to just step in uh, and be the, the, the day one starter uh, at the opening of training camp. It's that good. And so if you're the Raiders, and, and there's a few uh, uh, safeties uh, as well that, that, that fit that bill. And um, you know, so if you're the Raiders, you know, at this point, you might be looking more at Hey, you know we did what we wanted to do uh, along the defensive line. Uh, we 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 got help uh, with the uh, at you know at the wide receiver group. Um, uh, was able to add another weapon in Kenyon Drake. Uh, was able to um, you know bring back Nicholas Morrow. That was a big priority. Uh, obviously, the offensive line is in a little bit of flux, but they feel with Andre James and Nick Martin and and. Uh, um, you know, Richie Incognito and Denzel Good and Colton Miller, um, that they're that they're John Simpson, um, the second year man from from Clemson, that they're on their way to rebuilding uh, that unit. And so obviously right tackle jumps out at you. Um, but uh, again, that draft looks really good in that regard. So um, you know, that might be what they're thinking at this point. And, and you look at the free safety position, you know, uh, Trevon Moreg from, from TCU just jumps out at you. Uh, Richie Grant uh, from the University of uh, Central Florida, who I got a chance to see uh, when I was in Mobile, Alabama, uh, was, was all over the field at practice uh, in, in spring ball. They lined him up uh, as a uh, in-your-face uh, DB they lined him up as you know a cornerback, uh, defending in man to man, defending in um, uh, was able to defend in in zone at free safety, at strong safety, at cornerback. Uh, so you know um, there's options there, and both of those guys could they go in the first round? Possibly, but I don't I don't necessarily 
you know, think that that's you know uh, a, a lock that they will. So I think uh, in that second round, one or two could still be available, or you know maybe there's a scenario where the Raiders you know move up to go get uh, one of the free safeties, or they draft the free safety at 17. Uh, and then get the tackle a little bit later on. There's a lot of options because this is a deep draft. We're gonna go back. We're gonna go out to the Raider Nation listener line. James wants to talk about free safety. How you doing, James? Hey, does Vincent? What's up, my man? How you doing, man? Uh, really, Good. I'm great. If, if I can really quick give you a rundown of what I would do if I was the GM or head coach. Yep, absolutely. Love to hear me, it. And you let me know if it, if I'm living in the fantasy world or not. Hey, okay. we all are to some extent, brother. Okay, so I would cut Parker, I would cut Heath, uh, Hurst, Key, and Richard. I hear they're trying to trade him. I, mean, I would trade Richard as well if, if, if we could. And then probably Muse as well. And I'm thinking that's around $14, 15000000 million. And then I know we saved around $7 million with the Mariota, Mariota deal. And then if we extend Carr, I think we could get another 12 to $14 million doing that. Does that sound... The ballpark pretty accurate. I don't know if you'd get twelve uh, from doing, uh, you know, redoing uh, uh, Derek Carr. You could probably, you could probably knock that. That you know, if 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 they redo uh, Derek Carr, um, you know, chances are what they would do is they would they would uh, you know convert some of this twenty twenty one salary into signing bonus and then pay it over uh, the course the length of however long. Um, you know, you extend the contract. Uh, so I don't, I don't think they'd be able to get twelve million. They could, I guess, uh, but that would mean, you know, anytime you talk about uh, converting that much salary into signing bonus, uh, that all has to be accounted for at some point. Uh, and so, you know, uh, you, you just keep that in mind um, as 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 the future unfolds and those and those payoffs uh, become uh, important because they they're starting to then they they count against your future caps. But um, I don't know, necessarily know about Jeff Heath. I, I think that um, he was actually pretty valuable for, for the Raiders last year. And at $3 million, uh, it's kind of a bargain. Uh, I don't think that he's going to start. Uh, I think that would be a disappointment if he was the starter uh, out there. Uh, but he's, 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 he was really good last year uh, in reserve. He was good in special teams. I think he led the team uh, in, in interceptions. So I think that, um, you know, I think uh, he, he's a candidate to remain. Jalen Richard, uh, I'm with you. Um, you know, bringing back Theo Reddick, they signed Kenyon Martin. Uh, the $3.5 million that he's owed, eh, is that, you know, uh, is it worth it for somebody that you kind of figure that Kenyon Drake's going to cut into a lot of his a lot of his snaps? So what do you do with Jalen Richard? I like the idea of a trade in that scenario. Uh, but in any event, he doesn't uh, – it's not guaranteed. The money's not guaranteed next year. So whether they trade him or cut him, they get all of that back. There's no penalty for for releasing him. Same with um, Brandon Parker. I think I'd have to look at. I'd have to double check Parker. Um, I don't. You know, at this point, where with where they are at right tackle, um, might not be the worst thing to be able to have Brandon Parker at really a nominal uh, pay stick around. Um, you know, has he shown that he can handle the fort? Uh, you know, uh, when given the opportunity, no, he hasn't. But, you know, at the same time, I guess he has some experience. He played fairly well in some moments last year. Um, and and right now, uh, with still some uncertainty at right tackle, uh, you probably hold on to him, uh, but then see what happens after the draft or, or whatever happens in, in, in the rest of free agency. But 
but yeah, I mean, I like I like uh, what Tanner Muse is. He's he stays. Uh, um, he's going to stay, and I think Maurice Hurst. You know, we'll see. He's got to come in and compete. Uh, you know, for his job again. But he 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 actually played well last year. Go look at the at the numbers. He was one of the more consistent defensive linemen for the Raiders, and and I think now. By bringing in extra bodies and different skill sets, uh, you can mix match uh, with with Maurice. Um, you know, as as part of that core, um, Arden Key. I think that he's kind of a he's pretty, a big candidate to probably get released or traded at some point. So we'll see where that where that's headed. But yeah, um, you know, James, I I like where you're thinking because there's ways for the Raiders to still be able to figure out a way to get some money if there's somebody out there that they like. Um, you know, maybe a, maybe a free uh, free safety or, or or a lineman, and that could come in free agency. It could come uh, via the a trade, um, and if that's the case, then maybe you do need to create a little bit more money to be able to make it happen. Um, uh, and don't and keep an eye on that draft because go look at some of the tape at some of these guys, Richie Grant uh, and the kid from TCU, and some of these you know offensive tackle prospects. It's really pretty uh, impressive. So I think the Raiders could be in good shape in the draft in that regard. Uh, thanks. I appreciate the call, James. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Tony um, is in uh, is in the house, and he wants to talk about developing wide receivers. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing good, thank you. All right, thanks for having me as well. I just had a question. Uh, like, it doesn't make sense to me what the Raiders are doing with the wide receivers as far as their targets. You can start with Henry Ruggs, who was their first-round pick, as well as Ryan Edwards. You can also go back to last year. I have no idea, which a lot of people talked about, uh, why they even signed Witten when you had Foster Monroe coming off a uh, kind of a decent year for the targets that he had in his rookie year. Uh, and they went out and got Witten. But uh, a killer for me... But what gets me the most is you sign Keelan Doss, the Jaguars sign him, <laughs> you fight for him and pay him way more than any unsigned rookie would get on a normal basis, and then you don't really utilize him and or put a whole lot of time into developing him. I like Doss and Brian Edwards. Uh, I really like Brian Edwards, but why aren't the Raiders utilizing the talent that they already have as opposed to searching and paying more? Uh, well, I think, um, you know, in the case of the wide receivers, uh, I, you know, I know that there's confidence and faith uh, in Henry Ruggs and in Brian Edwards. And I think both of those guys are going to get on the field um, a lot uh, next year. Um, but I also think that because of the way this market is is, 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 is shaping up, um, if you can get quality at reasonable prices, um, you know, uh, um, you, you might as well do it. And then just ha- you, it's it's always better to have as many good players as possible. In an other year, in a different year, where where um, you know maybe guys are making more money or expecting more money, uh, then then it it may not make sense. But um, in this in this situation. Because it's such a buyer's market. I mean, when you could get John Brown for the price that they got John Brown, uh, that's a pretty good deal. And I and I have a feeling that Willie Sneed, if they desi- decide to pursue him, or if he decides that this is a place that he wants to be, you know, Willie Sneed's probably going to come in at a pretty reasonable price. So if you can collect as much talent as as you possibly can, um, and and the way I the way I uh, look at it is. You know, you're you're basically ensuring that every time you line up, no matter what the personnel grouping is at wide receiver, 
you're going to be in a pretty good position to have quality out there at all times. And that's, you know, it's important, you know, in a number of ways. Number one, you have some protection just in case um, of an injury, right? Uh, You have some protection in case Henry Ruggs uh, isn't taking that step forward um, uh, or Brian Edwards or whoever the case might be. Um, so, and, and you have protection that, you know, in the course of a game, if somebody needs to get, you know, uh, uh, you know, catch a breath, breath of fresh air, boom, uh, you have some talent to turn to. So, um, I think, you know, John Gruden's philosophy is collect as many good players as you possibly can, uh, and, and take advantage of the market. Now, a lot of these guys, as, as we're seeing, they're not signing, you know, long-term deals. It's a one, two year type of proposition. So you might as well just gear up and 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 take advantage of it because it really is a buyer's market. I was I counted up uh, again um, the Raiders' whole wide receiver population right now uh, costs less in cash for 2021 than what than what the Giants are, are going to pay Kenny Galladay in cash this year. So when you talk about being able to stretch your dollar. Uh, to bring in as many players as possible uh, at reasonable prices, you might as well take advantage of it because we know football is a brutal sport. Guys miss games. Look how many times somebody, you know, we don't know what COVID-19 is going to look like next year. Hopefully we're past it and we're beyond it. But how many times did somebody not, was somebody not able to practice or somebody not able to go in a game because of COVID-19 and now all of a sudden you're, you're pressing the limits of your, of your depth chart wouldn't it be great to be able to have a whole bunch of good players at at at, at every position in order to to uh, c- combat that? So uh, so I think that's going to be the ph- philosophy. And not to say that Willie Sneed's science here, but you know if he comes at or if he's ex- asking for a reasonable price, uh, it might make a lot of sense for the Raiders to go ahead and and uh, and, and make that happen. Uh, back. Uh, thanks a lot for the call, Tony. Back out uh, to the Raider Nation listener line. Joe is in Houston. Wants to talk about the draft. How you doing, Joe? Hello. Hey, Joe. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm good. How you doing, sir? I'm, I'm uh, doing good. Thank uh, you very I, much. Yeah, you know, I, I've been reading. I've been reading. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm a longtime Raider fan. I call in the show since the show since y'all been in Vegas. It's been it's been a whirlwind for me because uh, I'm from the West Coast, I'm from LA, and I nice. usually call in on your show as well as the show that comes on before you with uh with uh <clears throat> I can't remember his name Scott. Yeah, those those guys. Yeah, but Scott and Q. The thing that kind of yeah, exactly with, with Q and everything. But what blows my mind is is that we are in the position now. This this is this has been it's it's, it's almost been one of those die by a thousand cut type moments, <laughs> you know, for for most Raider fans, and that is now at the point where a million type cuts in in anything. You know, I don't think John Gruden and Mike Mayock has the uh, time. To sit back and say, oh, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna rebuild everything again from the offensive line standpoint. Where we're gonna get rid of the fifty-four, sixty million dollars that we spent on the old, on the old line, and now spend money on the defense and other reasonable players that's gonna make us better." Now it's one of those situations that we've been eight and eight the last two seasons. We we had a, a downturn in, in terms of our uh, uh, at the second half collapse or whatever you want to call it. Now it's at the point where a draft capital, see, I don't want no more young players. And everybody want to talk about young players. Young players is great. But we had a chance to go out and get, if you, if you remember this, we had a chance to go out and get Big Cat Williams in, 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 at the Giants right now. And all we had to do was give up a third-round pick. 
maybe a third and a five, and we could have got him, you know, uh, uh, Williams from the Jets. That's it, the Giants that turned around and had a great season. And everybody was pushing for, no, keep the draft capital, this, that, and the third, all this other stuff. Okay, that I'm sorry. We are past that point. When Reggie McKenzie was drafting the way he was drafting, when we had Khalil Mack and we had Derek Carr and we had our top five guys, uh, 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 guys from the 14-15 draft, we expected those other guys to be fillers of our team, to fill out the rest of the roster, develop the OBs and all those dudes to develop and become the players that we expected them to do. It didn't happen. Once that did not happen, now all of a sudden it fast-forwards our quote-unquote uh, uh, winning process. In 14, that's why Gabe Jackson's not here no more. That's why everybody's gone from 14 except Derek Carr. If we don't start trading away future draft capital, we get those guys that's on that second contract that developed at other teams the way we expected Obi and those other guys, the, uh, the Mario Edward Juniors. Remember, we drafted him. We expected him to develop as well. If we don't start trading away future draft capital to get some of those guys in, that's uh, uh, value of their second count contract and are uh, earned their second contract, we are going to fall by the wayside. We're going to continue to draft young guys. We're going to continue to be average team. We're going to continue to be 8-8. Eight eight. It's not going to change. Because personally, like this year, we should be calling Minnesota and saying next year's second or first, whatever the hell you want to call it, Danielle Hunter, we need to get him in here. Okay. Okay. Real, real, real quick, and, and I like your points. I really, I, 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 real quick, um, you know who the Raiders were trying to get last year at this point, or not this point? It was, it was, it was later on in the summer. Actually, it was at this talking point. About, um, talking about Giannis. We yeah, Giannis. exactly. Exactly. Look at so, no, so, but, so, my, but my point is, Giannis went to three teams, and he didn't go to three teams. He was on not on three teams in twenty twenty four. Reason he was on three teams because Yannick in Dockway is a, is a one trick pony. We understand that he is a hell of a pass rusher, but he is a liability in the run game. See, we can't continue to sit up here and play this game with people. And Raider fans, they already hate Derek Carr for whatever stupid reason that is. <laughs> Derek Carr is the best damn one of the best players on our team. But the fact is, is this: fully agreed. That man has played. That man has played through a whole bunch of nonsense in the front office, the coaching staff, constant rebuild, move the damn team from one city to the next. But it's, it's just been what it is. My point is, is this: John Gruden is trying to build a team through the draft. May- Mayock way. Mayock had three first, three third round picks last year. Do you know? Literally, we could have had Carl. We- uh, uh, a uh, big cat Williams from uh from, from the Giants and Quentin Williams on our team this year. Which big right cat now. Williams? Who 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 are we talking about with big cat Williams? When I'm talking so. about well, when I say big cat Williams, someone from USC that that time with that resign with the Giants. Always Leonard Williams. About him, his name Leonard Williams. Leonard. Leonard yeah, Leonard Williams. Williams. Leonard. Yeah, but Leonard Williams didn't. Yeah, yeah. Leonard Williams. I love Leonard Williams. Um, but when he was with the Jets, but when he was with the Jets, the Jets wanted a third round pick. We had three of them. We refused to give it away. We turned around and used two of our third-round picks on two guys that really and truthfully, one, don't play for us no more. The other one went on IR. I don't – I got to look back at that trade. I don't think it was – I don't think it was uh, – It was a yeah, third. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I agree with you, and, and I, I agree with you. Pick. If I if – I, if, We got to get out of the mindset. Vinny, we got to get out of the mindset and try to build through the draft, bro. Well, yeah, no, I, and it, it, I agree. I think it's. I think it takes. Well, well here, here's the thing. 
I think it takes a combination. Really? I think it and and uh, I think it takes a, you have to do both. It's not it's not one or the other. But I'm with you in that. Um, you know, uh, look prior to uh, you know what happened with this offensive line now, and I think that because of what happened with the offensive line, I think you're probably going to have to you know stick to the guns with that first round pick and uh, either draft draft the tackle there or maybe the free safety there. I think I think you're holding on to that first round pick, but I'm 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 with you when a situation comes about where you can draft where you can trade you know a future pick or a pick. Uh, for a player that's going to be able to help you right now, a proven commodity like the Buffalo Bills did with Stephon Diggs, like uh, you know Seattle did with Jamal Adams, like um, Indianapolis did uh, with DeForest uh, Bruckner. You, I, I, there's times where you have to do that. There's absolutely times where you have to do that. I think the Raiders are actually in that position where they where they could stand uh, to do that. Um, but you know because they need to get a right tackle now. And because they need to get a free safety right now, uh, and it looks it's looking more and more like that's going to happen in the draft, um, you know, I think that you have to. I think you have to hold on to that pick uh, to make the to make those kind of draft picks. And I and I'll say this: I'm I'm with you. you, you there's there's a point where you could be too young, but all I know is when I look at the tape of those tackle prospects uh, in this draft, there's a guy. There's there's multiple multiple guys that will step in day one and hold down the fort at that position. I really okay, believe, go really look at what you know. Think about it this way: you're going to have your the Raiders are going to be in a position where they could draft a guy that's as good as Tristan Wirfs from uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go look at what the season that he had as as a rookie came in and 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 played tremendous football on a Super Bowl winning team. He was a 13th pick last year. There's players of his caliber that are going to be drafted in the 20s and possibly even in the second round. So. Are you know you know what I'm saying like like if you're looking at that draft at this draft up here coming up here in a month and there's talent like that that's available at a position of need I know there's what you're saying about the youth factor and you can go too young sometimes but some of those offensive tackles look like NFL veterans right now so um, and and the safeties the the two safeties you know that 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 obviously everybody else is talking about them the kid from TCU and your boy, uh, and, and Richie Grant from 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 uh, from University of Central Florida Florida's both of these guys yep. to me yeah are are going to be they're not they're 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 good beyond their years so uh, anyway hey I appreciate the call Keep it coming, um, you know, whenever you want. And uh, I know we got a lot of callers on hold. Uh, hang on, we'll get back to you. I uh, got to take a break. You're in the huddle, Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Raider great Lincoln Kennedy. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What up, what up, what up? Going to go right back out to the Raider Nation listening line. Christian wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Christian? Hello? Hey, Christian. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good, thanks. Um, who are we going to sign to be our number one receiver? And um, what do you think of the right tackle from Oklahoma State? As a pos- as a as a possible pick at seventeen, uh, uh, Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, uh, I like I like Tevin Jenkins a lot. Um, you know the the wide receiver one thing. Um, you know 
Who's the who who who's the? Let me ask you this: Who's the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver one? Would you say Tyree Kill? I mean, okay, but it's not like you know. Is he a traditional number one wide receiver that you're? I mean, when you define wide receiver one, what exactly are we are we talking about here? Is he the big six foot four, go down the field, stretch the field? Uh, you know, run every route in the tree route. Is that is that what we're saying when we're talking about a number one wide receiver? I mean, Tyree Kill is their number one wide receiver in terms of touches and 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 looks, but he's not your traditional like quote unquote. That's why I'm and I'm not being argumentative here. Uh, I just think that the way football is going right now, who's the who's the Rams' number one wide receiver? You know, like like nowadays it's. You throw a wave of guys at guys at defenses, um, you know. So, so I think that it's more incumbent to just stretch the field, put as many good weapons out on the field at one time, uh, and and don't forget about Darren Waller, of course, and and attack people that way rather than just having. And, and in other words, I don't think you're going to sign. I don't think the Raiders are signing a big time wide receiver prospect, you know, or, or going to throw a lot of money at a quote unquote number one wide receiver. I think that, that what they're saying is. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna uh, build as deep and talented a wide receiver group as we possibly can, and and try to beat you uh, in a number of different ways um, with a number of different skill sets. So I think that's how they're attacking it, and um, so I don't I don't necessarily think that there's a need for a number one wide receiver at this point. Now, uh, yes, I do like Tavon Jenkins from uh, from Oklahoma State. There's a bunch of tackles. Uh, that I really like uh, coming into this draft. And I think the Raiders are in really good position, whether they stay at 17 or even if they trade back from 17 down to the 20s and maybe pick up another asset. Uh, look, this is just me and my little general manager's head, but I wouldn't be opposed, uh, <clears throat> you know, if I was Mike Mayock to trade down, um, you know, into the 20s, perhaps somewhere in those 20s. Uh, understanding, like you know, if you have your eye on three different uh, offensive tackles that you're happy with, and you figure they're going to be there um, wherever you drop down to, pick up an asset. Um, and then remember, the Raiders have two third round picks this year uh, due to the couple of the trades that they made. Maybe in that second round, now you take the asset that you that you got in the trade to trade down and move back up in the second round to go get your free safety. Uh, something along those lines is definitely within the realm of uh, of the realm of of, of possibility. Uh, but as far as the wide receiver one um, uh, talk, I, I just don't see the, the 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 need for a wide receiver one. And the way football is going nowadays, again, I think that you know uh, it's almost best uh, to just beat people with waves of people, and uh, I think that's what the Raiders are, are, are trying to do here. Uh, we're going to go back out to the Raider Nation guest line uh, and welcome in our really good friend uh, Evan Grote uh, from Just Pod Baby. Uh, Evan uh, has has appeared quite a bit on on this show and many others, uh, guest hosted here uh, on Raiders Nation Radio. We love to have him. Evan, how you doing, brother? Hey, Benny, nice to be back on with you. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us. Uh, I think you just heard, uh, you know, the, the caller. And, um, you know, I know that a lot of people, hey, what are they going to do at wide receiver one? I'm, kind of, I'm almost confused at this point on what even a wide receiver one constitutes uh, these days. You know, uh, you know, when I asked him about the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, he brought up Tyree Kill. Well, is Tyree Kill... Isn't that classic? When you think of a wide receiver one, he doesn't really fit that bill. He gets the most targets, so I guess in in that way, he's the wide receiver one. But he, he's not a guy that you traditionally think about when you think about 
a wide receiver one. And I think that's kind of how the Raiders are approaching this. There's not, I don't see the need for a wide receiver one, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I think I see I see both sides to the argument. Um, one side, you know, uh, they do have Darren Waller, who is really their number one target. I exactly. think that was the point you were making with the Chiefs is that Travis Kelsey is is it might be their their one A, and, and uh, Tyree Kill might be their one B, and and, that, and that's the same case with the Raiders. Darren Waller is their top option as a receiving threat. And, and another thing I will say in support of, of um, not needing to go out and get a wide receiver one is. You know, just a year ago, they, they used the 12th overall pick on a, a receiver, Henry Ruggs, and a third-round pick on another guy they really like with a ton of potential in Brian Edwards. Yep. But on the flip side of that, I think where fans have some, some worries, and, and I have some worries at the same time along with them, is that you know when you look at the rookie seasons that Ruggs and Edwards had, you know it, it kind of leaves you with, with little confidence going in, to the following season. Now, I know there were a lot of reasons why maybe they didn't excel as as much as, as fans would have liked. I think the emergence of Nelson Aguilar had a lot to do with it. Um, obviously, the, the not having an offseason and all of the COVID issues and, and whatnot. And then they both dealt with some injuries along the way as well that I think hampered their development. But I, I do see why fans would have some concerns about going into this next season with, as far as your wide receiver room is concerned, having Henry Ruggs and, and Brian Edwards being penciled in as your potential uh, one and two guys. But that being said, I agree with you. I don't think, I don't see them going out and, and signing, uh, you know, a guy who, who, who could possibly be the, the number one wide receiver. I think John Brown is a guy who uh, can, can do some things that's really, you know, really well like with his deep speed and, uh, we, we heard that they're talking with Willie Sneed as well. Those are the type of guys they might look to add to this group, but you're not going to see anyone, you know, number one wide receiver uh, status here being added to this team. Yeah, and, and if you go look at, you know, like just what happened last year, um, you know, the quarterback throws for more than 4,000 yards. There was no problem attacking people in the air last year. Um, you know, with, with, with Henry Ruggs having the kind of year that he had, Brian Edwards kind of having the kind of year that he had, um, you know, obviously Nelson Aguilar uh, w- was there to pick up some slack, but if if you if you can if you project John Brown kind of being that kind of a guy for the for the Raiders, then uh, you, you're really almost exactly where you were last year, and that's and that's not even accounting for any improvement from from Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards, and I would expect them to improve. Um, so you know, we'll see, and I think that you know the Willie Sneed uh, interest um, to whatever extent it is. Uh, is another is another um, you know clue that hey um, or a way of especially where the market is right now um, being able to get good talent at reasonable prices um, why not if the price is right go get a Willie Sneed and now you lengthen and deepen um, that wide receiver room uh, in, in a way where you you pretty much have quality from from top to bottom now um, and have some coverage and some insurance in case you know. Uh, your young guys, Brian Edwards and, and Henry Ruggs, don't take that step forward. So uh, I think that that's kind of how they're attacking it right now, which again negates the need for a big money number one wide receiver. And plus, I want—I think they want to give Henry Ruggs and and Brian Edwards some room to really be able uh, to to grow wings uh, today and 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 see what they're all about. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, I was just going to say one thing I, I know about Henry Ruggs based on what I have 
heard from his, uh, you know, Nick Saban at Alabama is that he's a tireless worker. Great, you know, great kid, great character, no questions there. So I fully expect him to have a big bounce back year. He knows he knows he didn't have the rookie season that that he wanted or that fans wanted, and maybe even his coaches wanted because you know there was some criticism out there or uh, constructive criticism out there from Gruden during the season and even Mayock, uh, you know, after the season about the things that they want to see him get better at. So I know that based on what I've heard about Henry Ruggs and the type of person he is, he's out there working hard and he's going to make those improvements that he needs to make to, to make that jump uh, in, in year two. And another guy, another name I want to throw out there, he hasn't played the wide receiver position, but uh, another one of those talented tight ends they have, Foster Morrow. I expect him to have a, a big year now being, you know, a, a full year removed from, from the knee injury. You know, we didn't see a lot from him last year, um, but, but in his rookie season, I think he surprised a lot. He's a, he's a very good target in the red zone. So I, I think, um, you know, he'll, he will also take a, a big step uh, forward in, in year three as well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Foster. Uh, and you know, there there was a lot of slack um, on the on the Jason Witten signing, and then it took took time away from um, from Foster. But just knowing you know uh, uh, the situation, there was no guarantees that Foster was going to be back 100. Uh, percent And I think it did take him a little while to get back acclimated um, from what was a very serious knee injury uh, toward the end of of 2019. So um, uh, I think that. That whole the, the the whole thought process was, you know, in order not to have to rush Foster back from a very serious injury and give him the time to get reacclimated and to get back on track. Uh, not the worst thing to have a veteran wide receiver uh, in, in Jason Witten, and I think that they understand completely what they have in Foster. They understood what they had him had in him last year, but they were trying to pr- uh, protect that asset a little bit um, by not rushing him back into it. And I'm with you. I think especially when you start looking at the red zone um, between he and uh, and Brian Edwards, if he takes the step forward um, that, that the Raiders are hoping for, and Kenyon Drake, um, you know, all of a sudden the, the red zone looks a little bit different potentially with those kind of weapons now being able to, to really put out there in force. Well, absolutely, absolutely, and and you know it's an area they they have to get better in. There's no doubt about it. The last two seasons, um, it's been an issue. It was a little bit better in, in 2020, but towards the end of the season, it, it continued to be an issue, scoring points in the red zone, goal to goal situations. So, yeah, I agree. I think the the addition of a, a a really talented guy like Kenyon Drake, who can not only hurt you on the ground, but he, he's uh, very good as a receiver as well. And, and Gruden has already said he wants to line him up a little bit as a receiver as well, and talk about the the big-bodied receiver like Brian Edwards. I'd like to see him get more involved in the red zone, and and we know from what he did in his rookie year that Foster Morrow is definitely a big-time threat in the red zone. So, yeah, I I expect to see some big-time improvements there as well. We're talking to Evan Grote. You could follow him at egrote5. Uh, he uh, writes for Silver and Black Today. Uh, he's also the host of Just Pod ba- uh, uh, Baby. Uh, so check him out um, all over uh, all over there. And plus, of course, he always contributes uh, here on Raider Nation Radio as well. All right, so um, the Raiders are throwing um, money uh, and attention uh, and a whole bunch of bodies and skill sets and upside and production and intrigue and all that uh, along their defensive line. I think it's pretty obvious by now that they viewed that as the must area that they have to address. And I know talking to people out in Henderson, um, the fact is, and the, and, the, and, the, and the adjective that's been thrown out to me anyway, was it was unacceptable last year. 
completely unacceptable what the defensive line did as a group. So to address it, uh, it looks like the Raiders are, 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 are at the very least bringing in a whole bunch of bodies that can do a whole bunch of different things and creating uh, as fierce a competition at that position group that I can remember, um, you know, just looking back on what the Raiders have done at that position. What are your thoughts thus far? Uh, and with the Raiders at this point, I'm not closing the door on any other additions along the defensive line, but thus far, uh, what are your thoughts on what they've done at that position? Yeah, you know, they've, uh, they've obviously uh, addressed the, the issue. They're, they're well aware that they needed to get some some players in there. You know, I, I tended to be a little bit more critical of some of the moves made along uh, along the defensive line and the defense as a whole. Um, you know, my, my thought process going into free agency was I thought they needed to get two impact players, high-impact players, whether it was a safety and, a, and an edge player or a defensive tackle and an edge player. I think they addressed one of those getting – uh, Yannick Ngakwe, I think he's a guy who can really make a, an impact uh, on the defense. But I think they have failed to add a, a second impact player. Um, and, and um, you know, although they have brought in some guys here along the defensive line, I don't necessarily think any of them make a real big impact. You know, I'm hoping that that I'm wrong. Um, you know, you look at guys like Quentin Jefferson, um, you know, he had he, he has shown some flashes last year in Buffalo, uh, might have been playing a little bit of out of position uh, with them at times. But then you bring in a couple high upside guys like Solomon Thomas, who we know is a, a, is a former third overall pick. Um, and we know for a fact that he was definitely playing out of position uh, in San Francisco. And, you know, they, they were lining him more up, uh, up more on the edge where, you know, he's probably more uh, a better player on the inside. So hopefully that's what the, the Raiders defense does is, is utilize him on the inside. And, you know, the, the names goes on and on Matt Dickerson and, and Darius, uh, Fill on. So, you know, there's some guys here that, that have some upside, but I just don't know if there's a guy here that makes a true impact on, on this defense from day one and, and really transforms this pass rush along with, um, along with Yannick Ngakwe. Now, I will say what I think we're seeing here when I look at what's happened with all these signings or signings that have not occurred yet, like the safety position on defense, is they're putting a lot of faith in Gus Bradley. What, what they're telling, what, this is what I think as well, anyways, is that what, what John Gruden and Mike Mack are saying is we trust that Gus Bradley and his ability to coach and his, and his scheme will kind of, this defense will naturally take a step forward based on that. Um, and, and so that's what I think we're seeing. You know, they did not go out and sign a safety yet. That is still a position that I think they need to address at some point, although the you know, a lot of the options, you know, the well has kind of dried up at this point. There's still some, some decent players out there. Trey Boston is a guy who I still uh, have highlighted on my, on my cheat sheet here. Um, but, you know, I, I worry about bringing in another young safety or a young, young player in the back end of this defense. Uh, I do think they need to add a, a, a veteran, a veteran safety to this group. So uh, that, that's kind of what I feel about the defense. But, uh, you know, overall, to answer your question, as far as the defensive line goes, I think they've added some competition. They've added some depth, but I still worry that is there a true impact defensive tackle there that can bring uh, pressure from the inside? Yeah, and I think that you hit the nail on the head. I, I don't think there's any question that uh, they've put a lot of faith in Gus Bradley um, and Ron Milas and Richard Smith uh, and and um, you know Rod Marinelli uh, in their development, their teaching skills. Uh, to get the most out of a defense that they believe should have been better last year and 
has the potential to be better, uh, you know, uh, this year. So, um, is it is it you know too much faith? We don't know. You know, that's the that's the fascinating question here. Um, we don't know, uh, but it tells me much like what you just said. It tells me that you know he's he's looked at the tape. They've all looked at the tape now, and and if there was, hey, we can't get by with this guy or that guy. We just can't do it. They would have made changes already at those positions. So something tells me that they believe like they're like they're listening to Gus Bradley and he's giving them some good feedback on guys that are currently on the roster. And I also think Evan, looking ahead to the draft, that there's probably some guys that he has his eye on um, in that secondary at that free safety position. And Gus Bradley has never shown any hesitancy to play rookies uh, at at that position. So any thoughts on? moving ahead to the draft. I, I do expect them to bring in a veteran free safety. I do. But I think that they have a bigger fish in mind in that draft. I could be wrong, but it just sure seems like there's somebody that's caught their eye and maybe multiple players that have caught their eye uh, in the draft that they feel, that Gus feels can, can get on the field pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and you, know, you touched on the draft there, and, and I did hear you talking about the, the safety position uh, earlier in your show, and Obviously, you know, we're all well aware of the guys like Richie Grant and Trayvon Morick, who are probably, you know, one, two on most uh, draft boards when the, when the war rooms are stacked up. But I'm going to throw a name out there that um, I don't know if the rest of the, the nation is, is as familiar with. I'm over here in, in western New York, and um, so I, I see a lot of Syracuse football games. they got a safety, Andre Sisco. Now, um, this kid is, is super versatile. Um, that's really the the name of his game, um, played two years at free safety for, for uh, Syracuse and uh, lined up as a rover in his junior season. So he can really kind of play all over the place. And I, and I love guys that are versatile. Personally, I, I think that just helps their ability to get on the field uh, that much more. Now, he did suffer a, a season-ending uh, injury this past year. Um, so that that is something to monitor. But, you know, he has great ball skills. If you go back and look at some of his his um, numbers and, and I, I've watched a little bit of tape of him recently. Um, he he just makes plays. Um, he's got great instincts. He's he's really aggressive. He can he's good against the pass as well against the run. But the knock on him is because of his aggressive nature that he has the tendency to give up some big plays. So he's really kind of a, a boom or bust kind of prospect as far as or not a prospect, but his game play, his style is, is boom or bust. Might make a great interception, but on the next possession might give up a, you know, a big play. So that he is a player that comes with a lot of risk, and I do worry that pairing him with a guy like John Abrams may not be the best fit. But nonetheless, he's, he's a very intriguing player, and he's a guy that you know, nationally maybe you're not hearing a lot about. Oh no, we I, there. There was a lot of talk about him. He wasn't there uh, at the Senior Bowl, but uh, a lot of of, of talk about uh, him and his teammate uh, Melon Fanwu uh, is also somebody that's on a lot of teams' radar. So Syracuse uh, definitely has some intriguing prospects uh, over there. Um, uh, uh, Evan, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate the insight. Uh, keep up the great work. Uh, don't be a stranger, and uh, hold on tight. These, this next month is going to be pretty crazy for the Raiders. There's no doubt about that. Thank you so much, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Vinny. You got it. Evan uh, Grote uh, joining us. Always enjoy the insight, uh, especially on the free agency and the draft. In the Huddle, Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. 
Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What up, what up, what up, Raider, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday here in the huddle. Video Monster brought to you by Tequila and Bahudder. Now, here's something that catches my attention. Uh, this is a tweet from uh, Ian Rappaport um, for, uh, at Rap Sheet, uh, obviously, NFL Network. The Seahawks are moving on from starting defensive tackle Jaron Reed. A source said either in a release or trade, Reed had wanted a long term deal, but the team hoped for just a conversion for cap space. Talks broke down. And here we are. Uh, no release yet. Um, again, in a lot of these reports, uh, you know, and I know I've been going back and forth uh, on with people, some people on Twitter, um, in terms of you know confirming uh, all this type of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of this you get from the agent. Uh, th- these are th- this type of information is from the agent. So remember, uh, Rodney Hudson was getting released. Gabe Jackson was getting released. That was all from the agent. And that isn't always the case. Um, so when you hear that he's getting released, but at least here, in, you know, Ian did say, or trade. <laughs> so that's that was the key part of, uh, of of what didn't happen with Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. They were traded. They were it was initially reported as they were getting released, but that wasn't the case. Uh, there was still time to work out uh, a trade, which is what the Raiders did. But long story short, Jaron Reed is a guy that if you're the Raiders, you ought to be interested in. Uh, I know that there's money involved and all that type of stuff. Uh, but he is, when everyone's talking about a difference maker, he's a difference maker along the defensive line. That's a guy that, if I'm the Raiders, potentially taking a look uh, at that. Uh, don't, not sure what it would take to get him in a trade um, or, you know, when, when, if and when he hits the open market. But that's a guy that the Raiders need to keep an eye on. Uh, real quick, we're going to uh, get out to uh, Emmanuel, um, uh, who wants to talk about the Raiders. Uh, got a couple minutes. Uh, Emmanuel, what you got, brother? Hey, how's it going? Uh, thank you for answering my call. I just wanted to talk about uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and um, apparently their supposed issues on the offensive line that everybody's been talking about the release of Rodney Hudson uh, and, and the trade of Rodney Hudson. Like you said, everyone thought uh, Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson were released, but instead they were actually traded for draft picks in the draft, and I think they had to make an exchange for the seventh-round pick, and they ended up getting a third-round pick along with sending uh, yeah. Rodney Hudson to Arizona and uh, with Gabe Jackson. Uh, do you think under the coaching of Tom Cable, uh, uh, Denzel Goodman and Andre James will – uh, improve and possibly become starters on the offensive line alongside Jerome Simpson that we drafted last year for Clemson. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the call, Emmanuel. Uh, it, we'll see. I know Andre James uh, is basically the front runner for the center job. They did sign Nick Martin uh, from the Houston Texans, has 62 starts uh, under his belt, so that's great insurance. I was told yesterday that both players will compete for the job. Uh, but uh, both need to show that they can play guard, too, uh, in case of an injury or that type of thing. John Simpson, the Raiders are high on John Simpson. He needs to take a step forward. He's definitely an option uh, at guard. If so, 
uh, maybe maybe uh, Denzel Good kicks out to right tackle, or he goes back to being the super sub that he was last year. There's options right now, but yes, a lot of faith in Tom Cable. You're in the huddle. Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Jaron Reed, possibly with the Raiders. I mean, it's a possibility. If, if, if the Seahawks are trading him or releasing him, I think the Raiders ought to be in on that. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get back. Here. 